Welcome to the Tyre Recycling Podcast and welcome to episode 11. Thank you for joining us. I'm Richard Wilson and as ever, Ewan Scott, the editor for Time Rubber Recycling is here with me. Ewan, could you give our viewers a hint into what we have in store for episode 11? Today, we're talking with George Kassab from Modern Advanced Polymers in Lebanon. George approached us about uh, some news about his company, which dates back to 1938. So uh, we're going to talk to George and find out a bit more about modern advanced polymers and their interest in the tyre recycling sector. Great. It's always intriguing to delve into markets that rarely get as much coverage as, you know, the more well-known European and, and North American markets. Um, what are you looking to find out from George and, and modern advanced polymers? We really need to find out what, what their interest is in recycling. This is a company, as I say, it has been around since 1938. They're in the third generation, a uh, family business. And uh, looking at their website, they're involved in a wide range of uh, applications of rubbers and polymers. So uh, they, have a, they bring a different mix to the recycling sector. Instead of people who are recycling rubber and then looking for markets, they, they have the markets and uh, they're also recycling rubber. It makes a change. Definitely. Um, well, this appears to have great potential for a great interview. I'm really looking forward to finding out what, what George has to say. So without any more waiting around, we have that interview available for you right now. We're speaking with George Kassab from Modern Advanced Polymers in Lebanon today. Uh, George is a uh, representing a company that's been in business since 1938? Correct, yes. I'm a third generation in this company. Okay, Modern Advanced Polymers, uh, as its name su suggests, works yes. with the uh, rubbers and plastics uh, across a wide area of, uh, of industries. So, George, tell us a bit, a bit about the background of uh, Modern Advanced Polymers. Yes, definitely. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you for, for having me on board and uh, uh, I respect a lot your work and uh, I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Uh, to talk just quickly about modern advanced polymers, uh, it has been around since 1938. My late grandfather uh, started uh, this uh, business uh, when he d discovered that uh, there is a way to reclaim uh, the, the cut-offs that they used to throw away from the shoe industry when, when they used to make the soles. So uh, and, and back then they used to cut off the design of the sole and throw away the residues. So he found out a way to like uh, uh, reclaim and repurpose them so they can become sheets again and they would use them instead of importing them. So this is how it all kicked off. And we went later on to uh, catering several departments on the go. We, uh, he moved later on to uh, catering the, the tire business uh, for everything related to patches and stuff like that. And then he moves to the spare parts for cars until we uh, recently 
upgraded and updated our departments and we now cater the construction department, the geotechnical department, we cater the heavy duty industries uh, as uh, spare parts and as well uh, the recycling uh, sector. We ventured into the recycling sector by recycling the industrial waste and by recycling tires. Okay, so you, you have a, <coughs> the, the full range of, of, of polymer use. So you, you have the, the initial manufacture of, of, of rubbers and, and polymers and you're, you're capturing your industrial waste. Initially, you were capturing your industrial waste, and uh, now you're, you're recycling that, and you, you, you've added tire recycling to your, um, yes. your range. And you, you have markets for all your products through a, a wide range of industries, I see. Uh, you, do you use the, your, your rubber materials in your geotechnical, your road construction, your anti-vibration departments? Well, it depends. Uh, in geotechnical and in road construction, uh, it is rarely used. Sometimes it is used in ratios of 5% just to improve the quality of the product. Uh, because, as you know, in the recent studies, they noticed that when you introduce the uh, recycled rubber in small quantities, it reduced the, the bubbles that uh, are the are that emerge during the vulcanization process and even in tires it is as well used uh, right now but uh, we mainly use it for uh, anti-vibration pads for air conditions uh, for uh, lightweight machinery for generator mounts in in these departments it, it is used uh, in ratios up to 30 40 percent and sometimes 50 percent without compromising on the quality okay this is interesting because much of the focus of tire recycling, rubber recycling, has been getting either tire-derived fuel or rubber granulate for infill. People in the rubber industry tend to think that uh, introducing recycled rubber into their rubber compounds creates challenges, issues, uh, lowering your performance, etc. But you're saying that that isn't necessarily the case. Not necessarily. You know, we have benefited from uh, our long, long time and accumulated uh, experience in the manufacturing uh, of, of rubber uh, to, 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 be, to be able like, to introduce the, the recycling part and to diversify the portfolio of the items you use for recycling because like you just uh, have said, uh, people tend to go for infills, they tend to go for rubber tiles, for gym flooring, for playgrounds, because it is a very easy way to like, uh, uh, to, to sell out the product. You only use the PU binder and uh, then uh, off we go. But if you think on the long run, you are creating a temporary solution because this style is not eco-friendly. It is not recyclable because you use the PU binder inside it. So, for example, in, in related to floor, uh, to floor parts, we are currently pushing to make a tile without a binder. So if, if we get to make this breakthrough, we will be solving the problem on the long run. And this is one item to speak about. That is a project we would definitely like to hear more about in the future. Now, you contacted us about uh, some overseas projects yes. that you, you might be interested in. 
Are you looking to export your products, your technology, uh, or are you looking to invest in uh, other projects abroad? Well, we, we kind of uh, are open to the two options because as we were discussing in, in this type of business, you have the, the recycling, which everybody calls recycling, but eventually it is shredding where, where you collect the tires and you shred and then you separate the steel from the, from the textile. And the, now where everybody stops, we start because it is, it is our problem now to turn these granules or this powder uh, in whatever form it is, into useful products. So uh, it's either we can uh, like export our technology even in, in, the, in the tire shredding part because we managed, because of the economic situation of Lebanon and because of the main difficulties that we are facing the inflation rate and everything that has happened, we managed to create a tire shredding facility it is, it is still on, on a pilot basis, but we have proven that it is uh, working, that has the lowest carbon footprint in the market uh, compared to the existing uh, sh shredding facilities that are available in Lebanon, Syria, and Jordan, for example, just to compare in the surrounding countries. So we, we are open to both options. Oh, can, can I ask you about your, your shredding equipment? Yes. Is this something that you have developed in-house? Yes. But like, like I told you, because, because we know how, how the tire is made, because we are already manufacturers, we know how it is constructed and we know each and every bit of the shortcuts that are used, where the steel is exactly and, and how it is bonded to rubber. So because we know that, it, it has been a lot easier for us to reverse engineer the process and to extract as much steel as possible from the tire before shredding it because you know usually shredding facilities have huge machinery because effectively they are they are shredding steel the steel wire they might debead the tire and remove the the, the 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 steel rim but you still have the the layer that it is inside the case which is usually in in radial tires is is quite a big chunk okay so you you you're not following the the conventional um, exactly shredding process you you exactly. you're taking it I'm, I'm i'm now really interested mm -hmm. you you're now taking the tire apart without actually shredding it exactly we're trying to to uh, this is the exact word to take it as much as possible apart before entering the shredding phase and this by this you reduce the the maintenance of your blades uh, the wear and tear uh, you don't need big shredders uh, by that. You don't need big generators by that. You have a lower carbon footprint. So uh, this is the main core uh, idea that, that we are really focusing on right now. And this all happens because uh, you are in need. So <laughs> we are facing a, a very big, uh, tough situation in Lebanon. So it, it is pushing us to, to like uh, pass the boundaries in that sector. Right. This is interesting. Um, I, I have visions of tires being buffed down to the, the wire and uh, the, the rubber being separated. That it leaves you with a just a steel mesh and, and what's left bonded to it to, yes. to, to deal with. Um, Definitely. So you, you have a high percentage of, of high quality rubber. Definitely, steel free. You would have a secondary production of 
rubber that may have a wire contact. Yes, exactly. Which can be removed by the magnetic uh, system later on after finalizing the shredding part. Yeah. It, it, it does always amaze me when I, I go to a tire shredding facility and I, I see the, the size of the equipment that they have to use Definitely. to shred tires. If, if you have found um, a less complex way, um, a simpler way of dismantling the tire without using the energy, without using the, the, the heavy equipment in the same way, then that must surely give you a, a huge advantage in the, in the market. Well, to, to, to be just uh, clear and, and honest about it, it, it all depends on the, on the end product you need and uh, on the business you would like to cater. Like if you want to cater cement plants and you only need 10 centimeter shreds, you will definitely go for a huge shredder and our business will not be viable. Our, our concept will not be viable for this business. But if you are aiming to collect uh, a, a really good uh, product as granulate or powder at the end and really turn it to useful products, we look forward to attain a, a, a very uh, feasible and uh, a very modular uh, plant uh, that, that can be, uh, a, that you can expand. Like you can start with a production capacity of three to five tons per working shift, and then uh, you can achieve five tons per working hour. So this can be all scaled and uh, this can be all uh, inserted as slots or modules if you work in, in the in the method, if you use the method that you are we are aiming to use, it, it's it, it's accepted that uh, tire derived fuel is is part of the recycling process. Okay. Uh, I, I suspect that governments accept tire derived fuel as, as a solution because it's a volume solution, That's and it makes a, it makes a problem go away, but it, it isn't circular. It, it is not. It is not. But what, what you're what you're suggesting, what you're promoting, is a far more environmentally friendly, uh, a more circular process that would have better longer term benefits for uh, for the rubber industry. Exactly, because you know the the demand on rubber is rising so fast that even the, 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 the natural rubber plantation or the synthetic uh, rubber production cannot cope with it eventually. Because you know, not only humans use rubber, but maybe every, every being, uh, living being might be able, because it is used in livestock, it is used in, in poultry farming, it is used everywhere. Uh, in, in a single car, you have more than 200 items that are made out of rubber. Uh, so, the, the demand on, on rubber is, is, is picking up very fast and you have to eventually find an alternative source for raw materials. For, for, like, for example, why should I go and make mud guards out of uh, synthetic material or natural rubber or even a blend when I can go up to 90% in recycled rubber and, and keep the quality uh, intact? This is what we are talking about. Exactly, exactly. Do, do, uh, does your process include uh, some form of devulcanization? Yes, when you attain the, the shredded part or the powder part at the end of the process, uh, then it starts the, the, the process of uh, like uh, turning these, this, this type of powder into reclaimed rubber or 
what what we are doing is is something similar to reclaimed rubber because uh, we are doing our best not to use the conventional material of the digester which when when they used to put it on on high steam uh, we are not using additives because uh, some uh, some countries neighbor countries used to uh, to put recycled oil or asphalt uh, liquid asphalt with the rubber to to make it tackier uh, as as a reclaimed rubber and this had a, a huge repercussion on on the quality and the smell uh, so we take pride that our, if you want to call it reclaimed rubber, is smell-free. Uh, it has the odor of rubber, definitely. It will have the, the smell of rubber. And it is also uh, additives-free. Uh, so and this is why we have been able to introduce it in larger percentages in, in our manufacturing process. Okay. I think there's, there's a fine line between devulcanization and, and reclaim. Yes, there is always a misconception and there is a very big debate and, uh, yeah. about this because everybody has his method and, and uh, everyone has his own maybe uh, hidden patent uh, about it. Not everybody registers the patent because, you know, the competition is, is fierce in, in yeah. that. Uh, so everybody has his own way. As long as you uh, uh, be able to, to like uh, reverse engineer the, the powder into a sheet of... Uh, of raw material that you can use alone or blend, uh, then uh, the, the options are endless in what, what, whatever you can make of, of products. Okay, so to, to bring this to uh, a, this initial interview to a conclusion, because I'd like to speak to you again later down the line, uh, you, you're looking for partners, so people who, who are interested in, in, in working with you can contact you modern yes. advanced polymers um, and uh, you'd be open to licensing plants abroad definitely definitely yeah. i either either helping them with the with turning the, the the shredded output into useful raw material or product or maybe teaming up with them into uh, like implementing the whole concept from collection to raw material or to products okay Thank you very much for your time, George. It's, it's been you too. very interesting. It, it was a pleasure and thank you again and really honored to, to have been had this interview. Well, that lived up to its billing. A great insight into modern advanced polymers. What's your instant reaction to that, Ewan? It was very interesting speaking to, to George Kassab. It, uh, it makes a difference when you, you're speaking to somebody who has the experience in the industry and who has had the insight to take recycling and polymers and blend them and come up with, with new products uh, and have a, has a serious approach to using recycling. And uh, I guess that uh, being in the Lebanon, they are under a lot of pressure to do things efficiently and at low cost and find alternative solutions. It's a, once this COVID pandemic is passed, it's one of the places I want to go and see. I want to go and see what modern advanced polymers are doing on site. Absolutely. Well, I'd, uh, I'd quite like to go with you. I've never visited Lebanon, so I'd, uh, I'd, you could sign me up for that trip as well. Um, but I'm sure it'll be great to catch up with George, whether it's, you know, 
in Lebanon or, or on this podcast in the future to see how they're progressing. Um, but thanks for your time today, Ewan, and I look forward to you joining me again shortly. Until then, thank you for watching.